and welcome to Beyond the Properties, the podcast that brings amazing stories of the people within the vacation property space. No matter whether it's hosts, photographers, content creators, if they've got a good story, they'll be on the podcast. Beyond the Properties is brought to you by Direct Vacation Bookings, the solution that allows you to take direct bookings quickly and easily. Not only will we create an amazing direct booking website for you, but also maintain it so you can do what you do best, hosting. Sign up at directvacationbookings.com to find out more. And with that said, I'm your host, Jared Johnson, and let's get into another amazing episode. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. And today I am super excited because I have Nat and Lou from Desert Wild. How's it going? Good, thank you. Good, thanks for having us. No, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, we spoke briefly about London weather and New York and all these kind of stuff. So yeah, um, right. So for anyone who doesn't know you guys, I always like to ask this question. Give me like a little quick introduction to who who you guys are and a little bit about your property, how you guys met. Okay. Uh, so Desert Wild's a two-bedroom, two-bath house in Joshua Tree. And uh, we started it, I think we bought the land in May 2017. Uh, we broke ground in about May 2018. And then we started taking guests around two, uh, May 2019. And uh, we were living in it's Sydney, Australia, when we decided to kind of do it. Yeah, we um so we'd been in Sydney, Australia for seven years. Um Lou's from Chicago. Okay. I'm from Australia. So we try and split our time a little bit as well. So we had spent the last seven years in Australia and I was around all my family and friends back home and then it was time to move to America so he could be around his family and friends. So um yeah, we then so that's sort of why we have moved, and then um, we settled on Joshua Tree because um, it was interesting and a strange place. And uh, every time we would fly from Sydney to Chicago, we'd have a, a, a stopover in LA. Okay. And I didn't we didn't love LA, so we would drive out to Joshua Tree every single time and stay in cute little Airbnbs um, as a as breaking up the trip to get to. Chicago so we wouldn't be super jet lagged when we flew straight in to see his family and um yeah we just enjoyed it so much and I just felt like I was on the moon or in another world like every time we came out here I was like we're out on Mars like I don't know it just I'd never seen anything like it and there's some weird magic that just kept pulling us back here and um yeah and then we were like let's look at properties like let's look at it was cheap out here a lot cheaper than Australia and um yeah, I'd just gone to design school, uh, so we thought, well, Lou was like, let's try something. Let's see if we can get into real estate and let's see if we can build like build something. I think it was our third visit. We started looking for land, and it mm. just kind of fell into place and met a builder that we trusted and liked. Yeah, like the first day that we saw the land, okay. the builder came, and he lived next door to the land that we bought. So everything just seemed really exciting and good, and the land was a good price. We had stayed in a cool dome, and I think that was the original plan. We thought we were going to build a dome at first, and our builder said no. Yeah. <laughs> no way. He said it's very difficult, and there's actually way more domes than you would think. They're not unique. They're unique to you, but they're not unique out here. <laughs> he said you're just going to be another person that built a dome. So um, I always have – I love design, and we, we travel as much as we can, so we've I always had all this inspiration and then I went to design school. So in the back of my mind, I always knew what a house would look like um, if I was to build it, but it was just when and where and how, and this is when and where and how, (laughs) how it happened. Nice. And so wait, to roll back, how did you guys meet? Because you guys are from two different sides of the world. Like it couldn't be any further. So I was working in London. Okay. um, even though I'm from Chicago, I worked for a firm that you could either work in Chicago or London. Okay. So I decided to go to London. Mm-hmm. And, then- and I, um, I left home at like 21 and I was a traveler and would um, work and travel, work and travel. So at that time, I was, I'd been living in London about seven years as well. And so we both met 
separate, or maybe for you, uh, yeah. So we both met separately living in London. Okay. And that's when we got together. And um, then we both lived there together um, and worked different jobs. And then we moved to Chicago for a little bit, but it was too cold for me. Very cold. It's cold. <laughs> Summer's beautiful, but one once winter hit, I was like, we were engaged at that point, and I was like, I love you, but if we have to stay here, I was like, can we? So we moved back to London, um, and then eventually we moved to Australia. So that was sort of that's the whole process of us meeting. I love the fact that you guys met right in the middle. So basically, you've got Chicago here. It's not right in the middle, but kind of close. It was kind of. There wasn't either where either of you, where you guys originally lived. And I find it interesting no. that you picked, you went from Chicago back to, you said you went back to London where London gets yeah, like, cold and rainy. Is it, it's different. I know, so I thought that I'd experienced the coldest I could. And then the Chicago winter hit okay. and I couldn't even go outside. Okay. okay. I was shocked. Like my nose hairs were frozen. <laughs> anyway, I, it was a little too much. I actually have a friend who's in Chicago at the moment and I was planning on going to visit him and he started telling me how cold it was. And I was like, you know what? I'll see you another time. Don't worry. So I understand. (laughs) Some I've heard Chicago is beautiful and I definitely am planning on going there, but I've heard the winters are rough there. It's a great city. It's an amazing city when it's not freezing. Okay. Okay. Um, It's on the list. (laughs) On the D list for sure. Yeah. And then we moved moved to Bondi and uh, that is an amazing place. It's hard to leave Bondi, but... After about seven years there, we started to get an itch for something else. So, yeah, then we decided to just pick up and and move here. Okay. Well, you guys are living that nomad lifestyle. So I've actually got... Feet. And we got married in Hawaii, so we made everybody, all of our families fly in the middle of nowhere. So it's about halfway. You know what? You guys are definitely, definitely living the life. House in Joshua Tree, London, Chicago, <laughs> Sydney. Man, let me know. Well, yeah. After the call, you guys need to let me know how to uh, how to start living this type of lifestyle. <laughs> it takes some work. It takes some work, but you can, you can make it happen. <laughs> no, 100%. And then... <laughs> I've got questions because I was actually thinking about this. So funny enough, I actually travel quite a lot. I've always traveled. So um, I've actually been to Australia before. How does Australia like kind of a bit more of the outback compared to Joshua Tree? Because Joshua Tree is high on my list of places to go. But I've never been to Joshua yeah. Tree before. Yeah, very different. Okay. Um, the outback is pretty hard to get to. It's it's hard to live in. There's not much conveniences like around, like yeah. you're really out there in the middle of nowhere. It's hardcore. Um, it's hardcore. Like if, ugh, I don't even know if anyone would come if you build an Airbnb. <laughs> There's, There's always someone. Nothing. There's always someone. It's hard. To, yeah. It's, it's hard to live out there. Um, and in Australia, everyone wants to be near the beach. Yeah. And it, yeah. Everyone lives around the coastal, you know, around the outside. But out here in Joshua Tree, you've got the desert. So you get to experience the desert and you get, um, you know, the dry air, the hiking, like the all the crazy rock formations, everything. But you're really close to everything. Okay. You can drive uh, one hour and there's Palm Springs Airport. Yeah. Um, it's like a three-hour drive from L.A. You can drive to San Diego in a few hours. You can drive to Vegas in a few hours. And we actually have... Um, like Palm Springs is quite a hub, you know, it has everything you ever need. Yeah. And then we, and then just outside of Joshua Tree, which is Yucca Valley, our next town, it has everything you need, like shopping center. Like, so you feel like you, you can be in the middle of nowhere, but you can also get everything you need. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, Joshua Tree is actually yeah. high on my list of places to go. I actually had someone on the podcast recently from, I don't know if you guys know them, it's Area 55. They were on the podcast. It looks like a, um, it looks like a UFO. Yeah. Oh, yes, I've seen Super it. Cool. Yeah, I've, we've driven past it. Yes, yes, I'd like to go there. So, it's very no, it's it, always booked. It's always fully booked, and he actually has an interesting story. The the episode will be coming out soon, but um, no, Joshua Tree. Honestly, in truth, I've never been to the West Coast. I've always traveled in the US, but always kind of been more East Coast based. So the West Coast yeah. sounds beautiful. And it sounds like you guys picked the perfect spot. Was that kind of the thinking around Joshua Tree or did you kind of just, you really liked it there and that's why you built the property? 
we we loved it here. So as we said, like we came back and we just kept visiting and visiting and doing different hikes and, and seeing different areas. And then we did realize, like I knew that a lot of people that haven't experienced it would love it, like because yeah. it's just so otherworldly. So, yeah, my idea was people will want to visit here. Um, and now it is really popular. But back like eight, nine years ago when we were thinking about this, it, it didn't have as much going on. Um with Airbnbs and restaurants and things, it's definitely grown. But, yeah, it's it had that appeal um, for us. And then so many people come out and do really love Yeah, it. the National Park is beautiful. Yeah. And you can just you can drive through or there's, a you know, dozens and dozens of hikes that you can do. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel like anywhere else with the all the Joshua trees. It's just super unique. Yeah, you got to see it to, yeah. And then you'll be like, well, it's worth doing. Swears. And then, yeah, there's some really cool Bars and restaurants that are, there's more and more things like that that are. There's fun activities now as well. Like there's lots of things you can do as like, you know, if you don't want to be hiking in the national park the whole time, there's a lot of more attractions as well and things to see. And it's quirky and strange and it's not like everywhere else. So it's got that appeal as well. Yeah. It's, it's high on the, high on the list for sure. But, um, right. If you're lucky, you'll see UFO possibly. Yeah, you might. For sure. (laughs) Right, let's roll back all the way to the start. So you guys, you okay. bought the land and then was the plan always for it to be a vacation property or were you just building a property and then it just happened to be that you guys started doing kind of rental? Well, we don't plan ahead very well. We, Yeah, we, we never really plan a, more than a year in advance and a lot of our family and friends get very frustrated with that, but we sort of roll with life and see where it takes us. So... When we were building the place, our thought was we want a base yep. in America because we didn't have one okay. and we have a base in Australia. So we were thinking that uh, at least we have a base, we can rent it out and then we can live in it when it's not being rented out because yep. we didn't know if we were going to move back to Australia at that point after we built it. We didn't even know if we'd like it here because we'd never tried to live here in the desert. So it was all... Um, up in the air a little bit. But, yes, we always had an idea to rent it out to some degree. Okay. But we didn't know it would be a full-time Airbnb when we built it. Okay. Yeah. So did that that factor into kind of how you guys built it or was it just kind of because I know you do interior design, was there a thinking where, like, you imagined, like, this is what I imagined in my head the house will be? Yeah. Or was it also thinking, yeah. like, uh, these are the kind of things that we were looking for when we were looking for a place to stay at? Um, I always, I, out here things, you can kind of get your imagination going a little crazy and houses are always unique out here. So I actually, uh, love the idea to actually push my boundaries and try and create things, uh, something new that, yeah, we had no idea how to use any of the materials. Like we had to source them from like took years to get everything that we wanted, um, so, yes, I would live in it, but we did make it small and we did make it so it would be a good rental. Um, so We built it more as a rental than to live in. Um, so yeah, We're yeah. not extravagant. Like, we wouldn't want a big house for ourselves anyway, so we're happy with that size. Okay. We wanted um, it small, but to be very beautiful kind of was the goal. Yeah. And then to be, we also thought about the practicality of, you know, two separate guest wings kind of. So the guests are on the bathroom and bedroom are on kind of opposite sides of the house, which, you know, when we stay in an Airbnb with somebody, we kind of like, you get a little more privacy. Okay. And uh, yeah, we. Yeah. We designed it um, for other people to really enjoy, but also for us. So, but we did go all out like, so that it would be special for guests as well. Like I did want the home to be special and interesting and people hopefully to really love it. So yeah, it wasn't just for us. Have you been looking to take direct bookings but don't know how or where to get started? Well, look no further than Direct Vacation Bookings, your ultimate solution to hassle-free direct bookings. We create beautiful direct booking websites that have all the features you need to make taking bookings quick and easy. Want to allow guests to check availability and book directly through you? We got that. Want to be able to have automated calendar syncing so you don't have to worry about double bookings? We got that as well. Want to be able to sell additional services at checkout so you can make more money and upsell your guests? Of course, 
And the best thing about it is not only will we create the website for you, but we'll help you maintain it too. So you can do what you do best, hosting. To get a demo, contact us at directvacationbookings.com or alternatively, you can drop us a DM on Instagram at directvacationbookings and set up a demo today. And how, how long was the process to go from when you guys started to when you guys started actually like, you know, it was built and then you could start decorating? So the permitting process took a while. Okay. Um, so that kind of, uh, that was the biggest kind of weight factor. Um, I th- From the time that we bought the land till we broke the ground was about a year. Okay. Yeah. I think that process could have been faster, but we were in Australia a lot of the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, we hadn't moved out here full time yet. And it was really once we were here full time, we could get things rolling better because you kind of have to be out here. It's it's better to be here every step of the way, be on the job site every day um, and know exactly what's going on. Okay. So, yeah, once we moved here, it was our full time. We were on site every single day, every day, all day. very hands on. OK, yeah. Making decisions, decisions every, every single day. Single day. Okay. But then from the time we broke ground to the time the house was actually built so that we could then decorate. How long was that? One a- year. Another year? Including okay. another. We had to wait for a grading permit that took a while. Yeah. Um, we didn't think about that. Uh, we we put in all our permitting for the home and, and everything, and then we realized we were on a big slope and you had to permit to cut into that so we could do the backyard uh, and the pool. Super frustrating because we were raring to go and just yeah we'd moved and we were ready and we were ready to go and then they said wait you need permitting for the the grading of the whole backyard and we were like oh so we wait okay, damn okay I didn't even um, but I think the time we broke ground to the time we took our first guest was about a year which is still pretty pretty quick okay um, but during that time we were sourcing materials and we were flying places to go get. Yeah, we I I got a tiles. We, we actually brought a most of the things in the house, from the tiles to the curtains to the sinks in the bathrooms. They're from like Morocco and Mexico and places that we actually brought them back with us. Okay. So everything was sort of hand sourced by us and brought back from other places. So we have a very curated selection of things in the house that bring it all together uh, has a lot of international influences so yes so during that time yeah we actually flew to morocco and so like the tiles in the bathroom we saw Shit. saw a guy in morocco on the streets curing them in the sun You're like, we, we like said we, we want those <laughs> this is what we're looking for and he put them in about 20 potato sacks yeah. and we had a guy help us ship them over to la i had to pick them up in a truck <laughs> and I think the LA customs people thought we were a yeah, bit nuts. <laughs> they almost didn't allow it because they didn't, they're like, is this commercial? We're like, no, it's just for our house. <laughs> and then all our rugs we brought back from Morocco and we handpicked ourselves in the souks. And then even a lot of things we'd brought back from Oaxaca in Mexico, um, like my plates, the pottery, things like that. Um yeah, so we saw and um, like door handles and things we we brought back in suitcases from trips. So, we, yeah, everything sort of has a story in the house, and it's <laughs> was hard to get. <laughs> Nothing was easy. I love that. I've, I I feel like well, I've spoken to quite a lot of people who have had properties, but I love the fact that you guys have sourced stuff from different places. Was that always the idea? Because it's a super cool idea which you don't really see too often. Um, always. Always. I always, every time I go somewhere, I see something. If I really love it, I think, can I bring it home and what can I use it? Like, what project could I use this for? I still have things in my, I have stuff still that I haven't used yet that I'm waiting for my next opportunity. So, yeah. Oh, that is amazing because I like to think of myself as an interior designer, but I might be the worst interior designer who's ever lived. I always get other people to help me because in my mind, it looks so beautiful. And then when I do it, it doesn't. But um, I guess you guys can explain it better than I can. But like, how would you describe, so someone who's never seen your property before, how would you describe it? Because it is beautiful. Mm. Uh, I'd say 
I call it like a sanctuary okay. and it's very light and I want you to sort of feel like you're in there in a cloud, but also you're not in America anymore. You're kind of in some, uh, I don't know, different world. You, you might not, you might be in Morocco, you might be in Mexico, you might be in the Mediterranean. You don't know when you enter the doors because it doesn't feel like here anymore, like somewhere else. It took Nat a lot of planning and it, yeah, it mm. took a while seamless. to... So you feel like you're... Everything's seamless and soft curves and, and the coloring is all very tranquil. So I just want it to be like a tranquil, serene oasis for people to just relax and go, wow, when they walk in the door. Yeah. yeah. It has influences from New Mexico, um, like Georgia O'Keeffe. Um, she, she's uh, a big icon to me. And I visited her properties um, up in New Mexico and they're beautiful. So I did get some Southwest um, design inspiration, but also from the Mediterranean, Mexico, and Morocco okay. with all the plasters and things like that. Yeah. No, no, it looks, it looks beautiful. And the kind of, the way it's come out, it looks amazing. I will, uh, I'll link out some Have pictures. <laughs> no, I honestly, and truthfully, I know a few people who own properties in Joshua tree now. And I'm like, why it's been high on my list to come to the West coast. But the funny thing about the, I guess Lou, you can, kind of you know better than I do I'm from you guys both lived in the UK is a small place and in the US to get from one side to the other is basically the same amount of time it takes to get from New York to London so I'm I have plans to come over to the west coast but it is yeah it's not as close as you think US is the best road trip country I think yeah out there yeah you can just drive in any direction you're gonna hit some very unique different places no. yes it is far. especially west coast it's so far yeah. you need a car to go every that's what i've learned here as well that you can use the tube in london here yeah. you need to drive if you don't have a car you might as well not even be in the country so you know car yeah, is a necessity um right so the place has been decorated the place like everything's been built then you guys put it on Airbnb. How was that process? Like, how was the feedback? Like, you know, what was the initial impressions from people? We were nervous at first, I think, but then we had the we found a good photographer. Yep. had some really good photos taken. I think we saw them. We're like, okay, we like, you know, we think it turned out really good, and we put them on. And I think we had we had bookings instantly. Okay. Um. So. I- it's important to, uh, if you want a really successful and well-known Airbnb, I think uh, social media is important. So uh, during the, from the moment we bought the land, I actually created an account because I, we thought of the name Desert Wild. So we actually created a Desert Wild account and I started posting the process of the build, um, or like even interacting with people, like asking, oh, you know, these are the samples, which should I choose? Like, Here's my tile. So every day it was, uh, we were going through the build process and people were interested in that because, you know, it's really, it's, I always love watching people going through a build process on Instagram. Um, so we were posting that and then um, and going on hikes and exploring new places and then posting those things. So I, we started drumming up a following, um, you know, and this was two years before the house was completely finished and ready to be on Airbnb. I think that helped because we already had people saying, oh, we can't wait till it's ready. We'd like to yeah, stay. Yeah. So it wasn't like you just put it on Airbnb and boom and hope someone sees it. We did have, we created a little bit of, you know, a following and people interested in it. And so people kind of knew that we were building something. Not a lot of people, but people. Yeah. Yeah. It helped build some momentum, I think. Yeah. And yeah, once you get the first couple of bookings, then kind of break the ice. And you get a couple of good reviews and then, yeah, yeah, you go from there. Yeah. And there wasn't that many, you know, it wasn't crazy out here with Airbnbs back then. And I think when we built our place, I don't think there was anything that looked the same. So that was great because yep. it was unique for this area. Um, so we did get, we did pretty well and we, we still do. Well, yeah. We're lucky. <laughs> people people liked it because you don't know people could have hated my design i don't know <laughs> yeah the market's a lot harder here now there's a lot more yeah. airbnb 
No, yeah. it's busy out there. Busy. But I think, well, firstly, you guys are one of the first ones there. But I think also the good thing that you guys have is you've been doing it for so long that you're in a situation now where you have good reviews. You probably have people yeah. who are recommending it to their friends and family. So, you know, and yeah. it's a beautiful spot as well. So it's kind of it's kind of a perfect, perfect mix. Yeah, you think we're really lucky that we, we did it early. Um you know, we didn't waste too much time and, it, you know, before the Airbnb boom um, and everything. So, yeah, we got lucky. And we have a, a loyal following and we have um, really great return guests and word of mouth and things like that. Yeah. And we we put everything into it too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we got a lot of requests <laughs> saying, oh, our friends stayed here and loved it and that's why we're coming and a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, Airbnb has been good for us, really good. Okay, nice. No complaints. And it's worked for us well, yeah. And then how was, so from what you kind of expected to, I guess, what you know now compared to when you started, how was like the difference? Like what are some of the things that came up which you were like, if you were going to do another property, you'd be like, okay, we're definitely doing it different that time. It took a while to become efficient in what we were doing here um, with cleaning. And we used to do all of the, cleaning like all the sheets and everything and all the towels at the Airbnb during the clean. And that was just crazy. And so now we take most things back to our house and, uh, and do all the washing there, which just really helps. And it's just so many things like that, that I think we figured out that have just made things easier. Yeah. Um, so we do the turnarounds when we are here. If we go away, we have um, someone out like a cleaning team come in, but we manage and run the property and do all the landscaping and all the cleaning when we're here. So it's it's all us. Uh, so yeah, things that we learn is um, you need to have you need to have handymen, like you need to have plumbers, you need to have several. Yeah. You need to have. <laughs> one available and they you have to have more than one person available because if something goes wrong it has to be fixed asap and, and things we, will go wrong and things will go <laughs> wrong all the time and you can't always be the one to fix it like if a toilet gets clogged yeah. if um the fridge like someone smashes something in the fridge like you know the, there's always there's always something so we didn't realize how hands-on it would need to be and how many people would need to be around and in a team to make sure everything goes smoothly from management being on available 24 seven because a guest can call you at two in the morning with a problem. You don't know, like last night they set off the smoke alert. Like there's always something. So, and then, yeah, always having three sets of everything. (laughs) So you don't try and wash dry or things like that. Um, I think it's a lot more work than people it's a realize. Lot, it's a lot more than we realized, like having it full a full-time um, Airbnb that you really care about and that you want your guests to have a five-star like um, service and, and feel like, because I want my guests to walk away happy every time. I, I'm like personally upset if they're not. So it's, we put in it a lot more than we thought we would have to. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, advice, have cleaning crews have everyone um, interviewed and ready to go and make sure they're great before okay. <laughs> before you open your doors if you're not going to be there to be able to fix every single thing yourself. Yeah. Wait, yeah so that was a big learning curve. Quick question. So this is actually interesting. Why? Because you guys seem to be like heavily involved in kind of the whole turnaround and everything. Was there, was there mm-hmm. some thinking around doing that rather than just hiring a cleaner or was it just you guys like doing it? We never thought we'd do it, but I, I'm too much of a control freak. And, I, <laughs> and I, nothing's perfect unless I know I've done it. Okay. I trust a few people. We do have some uh, some great friends who, and, um, well, yeah, employees, friends that I do trust. But, yeah, when we're here, we, we do it. Okay. Um, I'm more than happy to. I mean, I'll complain sometimes, but, yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> I know I can walk out of that house and say, this is perfect for the guests. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we do cleans quite often, and if, I just think if you don't do that, just mm-hmm. with the use of an Airbnb, things start to build up. Yeah. But yeah, we never thought we'd be the ones cleaning it, okay. and we never thought we'd be running. I don't even think we thought we'd manage it. We we didn't even know if we'd live here. Okay. <laughs> but somehow, 
if we move and when we move, then we'll obviously have to have a management company and we'll have to give it all, you know, give it all away uh, and rely on other people. And we do travel. Um, so when we do that, we, we have other people take over, but we still run the management side, the Airbnb side. We do all the messaging yeah. um, at all times, even when we're in Australia. Okay. Um, oh, wow. And guests like that. Guests like that it's us. Okay. Like they're speaking to the owners. They really appreciate that. And then they know that any questions, you know, we know what we're talking about. We know the area. We can give great recommendations. And it's a bit of a personal touch, which um, for this Airbnb, I think works well. Okay, because you guys are quite unique for that, no? Because I've noticed that a lot of, in Joshua Tree, I guess a lot of people don't live in Joshua Tree. So a lot of people will go through management companies, but since you're there, it's a lot easier um, for you guys to to do that. So it kind of, it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, some management companies are great. And yeah, then, this... but we just, yeah, we don't give away any money then. And we yeah. just... Yeah we, we, yeah, we don't have to pay out a lot to... And if we're here, we may as well no, 100%. do it. No, it's smart. Yeah. And like you said, like it's not it's not cheap to have a management company. And also you're right that I think the human connection, I think people, I've noticed that a lot of vacation property owners, the ones who are doing really well, they you do get to know the people a little bit better. And that's why it's so smart yeah. that you guys did the Instagram because it meant that people knew who you guys were, you knew what you were building. And it just makes people feel more, you want to do, you want to go to people's houses that you know, or do business with people that you know. So I think it makes total sense. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think a lot of the return guests have come back just because they have that personal connection with us. And, uh, yeah, so people like some of our guests, we like chat to all the time, (laughs) you know, like we still keep chatting and return guests and we've even we were recently in Oregon. Oh, wait, Seattle. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we ended up going into the store to say hi to some of our guests that, okay. you know, so, you know, we end up having a good rapport with guests. Okay, nice. And do you, what kind of, because I think I can imagine, but you guys know way better than I do. What type of guests do you normally tend to get? Because I'm assuming probably a lot of people who are trying to escape the city, um, mm-hmm. probably a lot of couples as well. I would yeah. say a majority are from the LA region, yeah. but we have been, we get, we get some Aussies. We get a lot of Aussies. Okay. And- yeah, we actually get Australians, which is lovely. We even had um, an Australian couple come and get married at our house. Well, we do elopements, but it was fun to have an Aussie couple come out and get married at our place. That was pretty special. Nice. Um, we get a lot of, uh, yeah. Europeans, fr- we get quite a few French a few. and um, yeah, we actually get quite a few Europeans. Most people are obviously from the States. Yeah. A lot of people do come out for weekend trips or a few day trips from LA um, to get out of the city. That's true. Yeah. A lot of couples celebrating honeymoon, you know, celebrating things. Yep. And uh, yeah. Co- Sometimes like two couples that are friends, they'll come out, you know, just to, um, you know, with their, so yeah, two couples will come out and just for a few days, but yeah, it, we, we only have four people max. Okay. We like it that way. It's just easy to, the place stays cleaner. It's not a party house or anything. So yeah. it's more, yeah. Uh, usually I would say the demographic is like 30 to 60. Okay. Usually a lot of people are interested in design. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, people enjoy design and, yeah, want to escape and get out of the city. Okay. That's what I would say, yeah. We get a big variety. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. And you, you guys said that you, you do elopements. Was like, how did that come about? Quite a few elopements, actually. I mean, the, the pictures are amazing. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some yeah. of them. Um, Beautiful. People just asked us, and we, we'd never really thought about it. And we said, okay, like, what does it involve? And um, elopements is small, so there's not a lot of people at the house. Yeah. And, um, and I, I just think it's really nice to have that energy in, in the house, like, people go there to celebrate, like, you know, love and, yeah. you know. So I just think it gives the house really good energy. So we, yeah, we love it when um, guests want to come and elope. Uh, yeah, yeah. We do get a lot of requests saying, oh, we just have a, a very small wedding of 50 to 60 people. <laughs> okay. Can we leave your house? Not here. Say? Not here. It's a joke. We do Sorry. not have space for that. No, we can't do that. But if it's a true elopement, we, yeah, we do them. And we love them. We don't really... 
make more money on them, but we ask if we, if we're allowed to um, have the photos shared to us. Okay. Because we love to see them. And then, um, yeah, and then they'll come out. Sometimes they'll actually do the ceremony in the park. Sometimes they'll do it at the house, but they'll get their photos and, and everything and then stay. So we love it. Yeah, now some of the um, elopement photographers the in the area kind of yeah. know our house so now that the vendors yeah so it started with just a few but then the vendors were like oh we really like your your uh property's great to photograph could we recommend you to people and we said yes of course and then that's how it's sort of built and that's why we get more and more now and then we now have a vendors list on our website so if someone says oh i'm thinking of getting married we can say oh well here's some photographers here's some florists here's you know different vendors for the for the ceremony and things. Yeah. And people have told us we should charge extra, but we, everybody seems to be pretty professional we, that comes in and the clean is never really that much okay. more. So and yeah, we just like getting those I bookings. just like it. I think it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Celebrating <laughs> love. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. Have you, cause I was going to ask, have you guys ever thought about doing packages where it's like, you can do the elopement, um, you help them with the, I guess, the whole arrangement, and then also they have the ability to stay at the property as well. Yeah, we could. We've pro- made a vendors list, which is. Yeah, we haven't gone full into detail with that sort of stuff yet. Where, as you said, you could create a package and have a different fee, and we're like, here, here, here. We we work with this florist, this um, photographer, and stylist or makeup artist. But yeah, we haven't gone that far with it. Um, but it's something we could, we could think about. We do photo shoots separately. Okay. So if it's, if it's commercial, we have a completely different pricing and, yeah, and, yeah. and all of that. Uh, but for wedding, uh, for elopement, sorry, not weddings, yeah, we've just kept it as like almost like a gift. Okay, fair. It's <laughs> yeah. no. For now. But yeah, we should probably be more business smart with that. Well, <laughs> but for now it's fine. If yeah. anyone hasn't seen the pictures, I saw some of them on your on your website and I'll link out to them. It looks like a really beautiful yeah. ceremonies and you know, I can imagine people feeling like really comfortable there. And I think elopements are getting more popular. There's uh yeah. people we work with actually in Canada and they've just started doing elopements at their property as well. And I've noticed more and more vacation property owners are doing elopements. I think people yeah. like the fact that doing small weddings in a nice property, it's more affordable than doing an 100-person wedding. So, no. Not having to spend your life savings on a wedding just one day. Yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> I get cheap. it. Yeah. So, yes. Okay, and then, right. So, what is the next plan looking like? Because you guys have that property, and it seems like you guys are doing amazingly. Was there ever an idea to kind of expand out, like build something else, potentially somewhere else, since you guys travel a lot? We're always yeah. looking. We we did have some land here okay. um, that we had purchased, I think, back in 2019. Mm. Um, but the market here is there's just so... It's just too many Airbnbs out okay. here now, and we didn't want to add more to that. Yeah. So we actually sold that land. Okay. Um, when the prices rose instead of building something. And, yeah, well, now we've banked that. So we're waiting for the next place that really sings to us. We do have ideas okay. and we talk about it and we we definitely want to build something else and we definitely want to do another property. But where is uh, okay. the where is the question? Okay. We, we have, both have ideas. Maybe Australia. We have conflicting ideas. <laughs> I think we'll figure it could out. Could be good. The right situation. He wants a place near a river because he okay. loves fly fishing. I want something near the ocean because I love the ocean. <laughs> so we'll see who wins. <laughs> you can get multiple properties. You guys seem to be very good at what you do. So you can have one by the sea, one by the river. Everyone's happy. So That's if this one does well, we can do the next one. If that one does well, then we can think about something no. else. But yeah, a hundred percent. We don't like to fight. More than we can chew at a time. We're realistic that way. No, you've done it the smart way. And I think the fact that you guys have this one and you can just focus on that and make it the best that you can. And, you know, mm-hmm. you guys, I respect that you guys are heavily involved in it because, you know, there's some people that will just pass it over to a management company and then you never have any contact with the owners at all. And it's a little bit, 
you know, management companies are great and they have their place, but they're never going yeah. to care about the place as much as you do. So, yes. you know. Yeah, we know every little detail and spec and scrape on that uh, in the house. And yeah, we. Yeah. I think it shows when guests arrive that, that we do care about it. Nice. Okay. And so you guys, I would consider you guys to be kind of like veterans, right? At doing vacation properties or, like the, you know, hosting people. Um, what's yeah. some of the things that you found that like, it's great that you guys are doing the elopements. That sounds like it really like is a good way to get people in. But what's something that you guys have found that like people really connect with and like people really appreciate that you guys have done? The, the touches at the end? Yeah. The clean? Yeah. Uh, when for, when guests arrive, we want them to have a um, how would you say? I want all their senses to be like uh, involved. Yeah, involved. Okay. I didn't know how to. Say. So we we make sure we have a special playlist on for okay. when guests arrive. They walk in the door, they hear like the really relaxing but cool music, and then I have special. Um, smells. It's a patented mix. Yeah, I'm not allowed to tell you. Um, but, you know, the essential oil mixes that I put in certain areas of the home for certain moods, uh, relaxing for the bedroom, a bit uh, more uplifting for the lounge areas and things. So they have the music when they walk in, they have the smell. And then visually, I do try and make sure everything's styled perfectly and everything is sparkling clean. And every time... Uh, the guest writes to us when they arrive, they always say, wow. They're like, everything looks so beautiful and clean and everything smells so nice and the music and every single one, nearly every single guest comments on that because we ask if they got in okay yep. when once they arrived and straight away they always say, wow, and then they say, and then we leave the little gifts. So they're like, oh, and thank you so much for the gifts. So I think that initial opening of the doors and smell, scent, oh, sorry, scent, so, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that and I think good communication really helps. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think yeah. they have a question. We always respond like unless we're on airplane, we're responding within, you know, 30 minutes. He's he's within two minutes. He, he every Randy. time we get something, Lou is Lou is definitely the, re, the response team and he is on it. And I think like, like if, if he's they... driving and someone sends us a message, he goes quick, like he won't even wait till we pull over like we have to answer as soon as a guest writes to us so we're on the ball with that and they always say it's so um that's another thing they always say nat and lou are so quick to respond so helpful they're there for anything you need and if anything went wrong we're there straight away like and i think a lot of guests ask for early check-in and even though that's not possible most of the time when you're turning it around yeah most of the time we say, hey, we, we on the day of, we know you want to get in early, but we're going to let you know as soon as the clean is done. So at least they know you're you're trying. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than asking for an early check-in and then getting no response at all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That day. So, yeah. I don't know. We're just kind of, we stay, we, we, yeah, we, we stay community with, with, the, with the guests. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, just, it's mainly... He's so good with that kind of stuff. He's... Some guests are more chatty and some guests are less chatty. You kind of got to read yeah. that a bit. And that's, I think, with the personal thing as well, because we're, we're responding. We're, we're chatting like as if you're just, you know, we're, we're there too. We're, we're around. We can help. We can give personalized recommendations, not just a list that is written down at the house when they arrive. They can ask us and if they prefer certain things, we can recommend certain things. Like if they say, well, you know, we don't like that type of food that you recommended or Oh, we can't hike that far. We can personalize things for them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think those, yeah, those couple of things really come through and takes you to the next level a bit. Okay. Mm. And then how much is the, so it sounds like you guys kind of have the steps kind of broken down. How kind of automated is some of this stuff as well in terms of, like, for example, some people will send out a guest book before, or like even when you're working with like, you know, the different people that your employees that you have, like how much is that? Or is it very kind of you guys are very hands on with? The automation we have, we have, we have, guests, we have uh, like a check in message that's 
automated. Okay. We ended up customizing it sometimes depending on, yep. you know, going and change it. But we do use the scheduled messaging from okay. the Airbnb app. Yeah. Um, the check-in. Um, when people book, there is an automated one yeah. that says. We send it, but it's not automatically sent when the guest books. But we'll, depending on what they say, I have a thing you know, pre-typed up so I don't have to type the same thing over and over. Um, and recommendations, we do have things printed out and we do have things already there, yep. like the top places to eat, the top places to um, go on a hike, things like that. But then if they ask us more personal, then we'll reply personally, like then we'll give more and different information. Okay. But, yeah, we do use some of those. And we just our, customize them as we need yeah, to. Yeah. Our pricing is a bit automated, um, we use a, a pricing software company that kind of changes it by the demand of the of the month. Okay. Yeah. But Days, I don't know how helpful that is. I, I go back and forth about using that and not using that because we end up kind of changing it ourselves, tweaking it a little bit anyways. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, that's become a little less useful lately. Okay. Um, other automations we have... The door codes all automated, awesome and we change that, that by yeah. every person. We use every like the last four digits own. of their phone number. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We have some automated lighting so that when guests check in, I can just go on my. You know, some guests don't arrive till late. Yeah. I have a few of the lights um, that I can turn on. Um, that's something we didn't learn until later. We would run over and have to turn on the lights all the time. <laughs> Figured twenty twenty three. This yeah. is uh, not happening. Yeah, yeah, we can do this a better way. The music way. click that we talked about, yep. we can do that automatically as well. Okay. Um, and then when we're away, our cleaner uses iCal now, or the Google Calendar. Yep. And so that's kind of automated. But yeah, we just have to enter in our dates there okay. when we're away and then she can see all the cleans. And then that's about it. And the rest is all okay. but it's text it's- and not writing things down in her calendar. Okay. But it's a decent amount, though, and it's like it, there's smart touches you're doing, for example, with the lights so that, you know, when people come in, the lights are on, you're not having to run over. Um, yeah. You know, there's definitely some smart stuff that you guys are doing for sure. And the, the lock codes are great. Yeah, that as well. You don't have to worry about keys. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So how keys it used to be. And... That's how it used to be. You yeah. used to lose your keys and then you have to go get a handyman to... So, you know, break into your house and basically get the keys and stuff. So, no, it's definitely better now. I'd like to get the pool heater automated somehow, but I can't figure that out. Because that's always the big... That's the problem, child, because you want to get it, start that heating early before the guests, quite a few hours before the guests come, because it takes, uh, it's like one degree an hour. So it takes a while to heat up at. So that's one thing that we have to... We have to run over as soon as the guests leave or someone has to run over and turn that on and then hopefully it warms up in time. And, yeah, that's the only thing that's a bit of a hassle. Okay. And what about, I'm super interested, what about marketing? Because I, I saw your Instagram. You guys got some beautiful pictures on there. How has that process been and how is it between, I guess, you guys marketing on Instagram, but then also, I guess, the marketing that happens with Airbnb as well? Hmm. And that was always all over the Instagram. Yeah. So I started that two years before we the house was even on Airbnb. Okay. So that helped market it. And um, we actually got featured in a few um, magazine publications. So that really helped. Um, I think Domino uh, is like a design magazine, like online, and Sunset, which is um, – it's local to Southern California and they featured us as well. Um, but I think it all comes back to the Instagram and them seeing like the build process and things and yeah. then thinking, okay. So we did, we have been featured in, luckily, and it, yeah, really excited about it, being featured in a few things that gets the word out to people that we, our audience might not reach on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so that really helped I think at the property. beginning, I think I wrote to maybe one magazine and said, hey, would you be interested in doing an article on our, we use some interesting materials. Yeah. Is that something you might want to do, you know, an article on? And they said yes. And um, and then after that, we had maybe five different 
publications kind of approach us to yeah. do different yeah. articles and features. And, and then Nat um, knows some different Australian designers and things like that. And so she got featured in different ways where... Um, yeah, I got a couple of nice um, features in some Australian magazines or just some smaller things, some blogs and things like that as well. I think every little thing like that just gets more people oh, to fun. know about your your home and it really does help. Um, so I would recommend if you do, you know, build something like that to have some sort of online presence no. so people know. Yes. Yeah, we don't do any, I wouldn't say we do any paid, we don't do anything like that where we try to feature our home. No. We tried some influencers for a while for marketing and we've had maybe one good experience out of the okay. three. We did three because you get um, most Airbnbs would probably have this as well. You will have people reaching out to you every day saying, hi, I'm an influencer. Here's my package. Like this is what I can give you for a free, for a three night stay or something. And, um, you know, we, we don't do it at the very start. We, we thought, okay, we'll try it to get some good images and, you know, and it was when we were quiet and we just started. It was okay, but we thought, oh, we don't really, it's not really our jam. But we did have an Aussie couple who really fit our aesthetic and they're really lovely and they had a really large following and they came and stayed and gave us some really good content, some reels, some okay. some photos and things like that. And so that helped us grow our following as well. So it sometimes can work really well but you have to pick the right people who are willing to actually give the deliverables that they say they will and and um and make sure it's beneficial for both of you no. but yeah um we've only done that a couple of times and then we've got a good relationships with some great photographers okay that we love and um we've had a couple of photo shoots at our house um for uh homewares brands like um uh, like rugs or sheets and things like that. And uh, and then we're like, oh, we love that photographer. So we've said, okay, if you come and stay for a couple of nights, could you give us, uh, could you re-photograph the home? So we try and keep up to date with our photography and, okay. um, and market it that way by always having nice new photos. And now that reels are in, I have to try and get better at those. <laughs> but I think that's important to have, um, to keep that going. Yeah. yeah. Up to date, good photos. Yeah. yeah, and you don't want photos, old photos. If you've replaced things and changed things, it has to be up to date because guests will say something and they want it to look like oh, the really. photos are better. Yeah. So you got to make sure it looks better than the photos. <laughs> yeah. And have you been seeing any kind of co- correlation between what you're doing on Instagram and through the website and then through people booking as well in terms of people finding you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, nice. definitely helps. Yeah. I will have. I, I don't use Instagram as much as I should, but I actually should be doing it probably on the daily. Um, right now, I post like once a week, and then I put up some stories of the area and what's going on in the area and okay. things. But yeah, I think it really does make a difference. I really think you need it. Yeah, no, hundred percent. You need yeah. multiple different ways to be able to get people in because you're right. We live in a world now where I don't know, I guess you guys know better than I did, but after COVID, it kind of blew up with vacation properties. And there's a lot of, uh, especially where you guys are, I'm constantly seeing places in Joshua Tree. And it's a way of being able to differentiate yourself from other people. And also you guys have the press on your website as well. So people are able to see kind of, you know, more information about you guys as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's something like 3,000 Airbnbs in this small area now, something crazy. So, so you, you have to stand out. You have to do, you have to hustle. Post-COVID, yeah, it's yeah. definitely tightened a lot. So, yeah, yeah you got to do everything you can to to stay competitive. Yeah. yeah. Have they yeah. have they done anything? Because I've been talking to a lot of people about this, and I think there's a conversation going on about vacation properties at the moment where local people are not super happy about it. Like, for example, in New York, they've essentially Airbnb, unless you're doing over a month, you can't use it and you yeah. need special permits. Are you seeing stuff about that or spoken about in Joshua Tree as well? Well, you have yeah. to have a short-term rental permit here. Yep. Um, 
but as of right now, that number is still unlimited, I think, in Joshua Tree. But, but there's a lot of debate. Yeah. It's between been, the locals. Yeah, there's been debate for like five years now. They just keep debating it, but nobody's doing anything about it. And then, but there's, Yucca Valley and 29 Palms, they both put, which are the neighboring um, uh, towns. They kept they it. They kept it. Okay. Yeah. They kept the amount. Joshua Tree, they keep having meetings, um, town meetings. And uh, a lot of people don't like it when people that don't live here have bought and have multiple Airbnbs here and they don't even live here or contribute to the community or, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of talk about that. I don't feel so bad because we live here and we run it and everything goes back into the community. So I I don't get offended because I'm like, well, yeah, we've only got one. We, we work, we, and we, yeah, but no, there's always, um, it's a big debate. There's people that get mad. Yeah. People don't like all the Airbnbs out here. They say that it's, um, that it's hurting the long-term rental um, properties. Like it's harder to find long-term rentals. And I think they just held a meeting last week, but that got vetoed because they, they say in their research um, it actually wasn't true, but I don't, I don't. I know Bondi in Australia, they put a limit where you can only rent it for, you can only do six months out of the year. Mm. Okay. Um, You can rent for short, as short a period as you want, but you can only do six months. Yeah. So I don't know. Every town's going to have different rules, I think. So yeah. that is important when you're starting an Airbnb to find out. Yes. What the what the current chatter is on, you know, possible future rules. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if they changed it to only six months a year here, we'd have to really think about okay, would we live in it the six months where not renting it out, or would we rent it out long term for six months a year yeah. and then. Yeah, so we haven't had to deal with that issue yet. So, yeah, no, fingers crossed. I think what tends to happen is a lot of the properties that are already there are kind of grandfathered in, so they don't really do anything about that. I've been talking to a few yeah. people about this. What they'll tend to say is, okay, from now on, if you want to get a property here, you need to do X and Y. And there is some interesting conversations about it, but um, it's definitely something that's come up. I was just in Barcelona. Um, they've always kind of had, it's such a, I don't know if you guys have been, but the city is actually between a, between the ocean and, um, the mountains. So there's no way to expand. So there's actually a lot of conversation going on just in general about people who are not from Barcelona coming in and foreigners coming in and not even just Airbnb. So, you know, it's happening all over the world for sure. Yeah, people don't like it if yeah, overseas investors or people from out of town buy yeah. up. Yeah, no, yes, for sure. All right, and final question. So, you guys have obviously had uh, probably hundreds of guests at this point. Is there like any like story, something like endearing that you guys found, or something that kind of pops out to you where you were like, okay, this makes it all worth it? I was going to say, yeah, for memorable guests. Usually the goal is you don't want too memorable because that usually means something has gone awry. Fat. <laughs> um, usually you want a pretty smooth, easy experience, I'd say. Yes. Um, I think, yeah. In gay, um, we had, uh, okay, the most memorable are usually bad guests. Because they stick in your mind. Yes. So when you say memorable, we think of the guests that we go, oh, my gosh, like, what were they doing? They trashed the house or something crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, but memorable in a good, like, heartfelt way. Yeah. Um, we've had, we've had a, we had a man who came and he um, he surprised his wife and, and um, he uh, proposed to her in our backyard and he set up all the lighting and, and uh, marry me, um like, you know, he had it all set up and then they there's private chefs out here. So then they had the private chef come in afterwards. And, you know, so these these little happy stories, um, people do um, baby boom photo shoots. And as I said, elopements. Yep. So some of those are just so lovely for us uh, to, to see and then to hear that they created such a, um, a happy memory. Yep. And then when they share the photos and tell us how beautiful it was and things, that makes our heart really really happy yeah we just got a message i think somebody just said we've stayed in dozens of airbnbs we had a favorite one that was we thought never was going to get beat and you just beat it 
So mm -hmm. that kind of makes yeah. makes you feel good and makes all the cleaning and everything <laughs> worth it. Nice. Uh, yeah, scrubbing toilets and <laughs> people appreciate it. <laughs> Dealing with <laughs> a lot of crazy things sometimes, yeah. Getting that posit those positive affirmations, like you know, getting such positive feedback, um, and people saying, you know, they've blow blown us away, and we had the best time, and it was so special. Um, they're the they're the times that make it really memorable for us, and we, we're so we, then we think this is all worth it. Like we've people are creating memories and it's because of the house we built and the atmosphere and all the love we put into it hasn't gone unnoticed. Yeah. So, yeah. Makes the one in 100 bad guess worth, you know, you forget about those. Makes it worth yeah. It. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Well, perfect. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I love the fact that I love the fact, the fact how you guys met about how you created the property, how you guys were running to Morocco and Mexico and getting basic <laughs> things from everywhere. So thank you for, for coming on. Um, for anyone who's trying to find you guys, trying to find the property, what's the best way to, to get in contact? Probably the Instagram. Yeah. We got um, desertwild underscore JT is the Instagram, but we also have a website, um, which you can click through to get to Airbnb. Both of them will take you through to our Airbnb booking platform. I think you just Google Desert Wild Joshua Tree and it'll take you to the Airbnb and you can see all the good photos. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, come and visit. Perfect. Well, <laughs> hey, thank you guys for agreeing to, to come on. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing. So thank you for that. Yeah, hopefully we can have you out. Yeah, you come need on to out. make a trip out and then you can come stay. Honestly and truthfully, seeing your guys' pictures, Joshua Tree was already super high on the list. I My plan is to be, I'm going to Mexico for a little bit, and then plan is to be in uh, on the West Coast and finally do a road trip over there. So you guys are very high on my list, 100%. Lots of tips. So if you need them, <laughs> yeah, hit us up. Yeah. Right, perfect. It was a call. Cool. Right. right to us. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much for having us. <laughs> thank you.